Hey Westside family, my name is Eric Johnson and I serve on the production team. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. We hope you are blessed by what God has been speaking to us through our pastors and leaders, and we pray this leads you into an even more intimate relationship with Jesus. Love you guys and enjoy. Um, my message this morning, somebody say with me, is Journey to the Manger. And we're going to turn to the book of Luke, chapter 2, and we're going to start with verse 8. And I just love to read the scripture. I, I, I condensed what I would um, have us read this morning because I wanted to back it all the way up. I just think that greater than what I can tell you is what the word says. And I love reading the word because the word is life. And so um, I just took a segment, a very small portion this morning that um, we're going to read, and then we're going to talk about the journey to the manger. Verse 8, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for... Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. There are multiple people that are tied to the manger. Mary, Joseph, the angels, the shepherds, and you and I. The manger simply points to Jesus. It was a place of ultimate fulfillment. From Bethlehem would come the promised Messiah. I don't have the scripture up there, but Micah 5.2 says, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me. One who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. You see, this little box up here that we have, that we use in our stable scene, our manger, <clears throat> points to Jesus. Now, he may not be in there today, but we know where he is. And when we see that manger scene, um, it was cute because last night... Uh, have your days ever ran together? You don't even know what you were doing or when you were doing it. <laughs> I was in a car for some reason. I don't even know where I was at. But Abigail was with me. And, oh, I know, we went to get ice from Sonic. That was so relevant for the message this morning. 
Um, her and I were in the car. We got ice from Sonic, and we went home, and we passed this house, and it had all kinds of um, Christmas light-ups, and we haven't done it yet, but usually in the season, I encourage you, support your local neighbor's uh, light bills, and go around and look at their lights, because it's fun to see, and I think Wasco has a thing, right? Like, you, get, you can get voted on for the best house or whatever, um, which is really cool. I love that. Um, but we like to drive and look at lights and see um, what everybody has out. And it's just festive. And a lot of times we'll, we'll make cocoa and then we'll get in the car and, and we'll go look at your lights. If you see us driving by your house, you're like, is that the pastors outside? <laughs> yeah, because you have lights. No. Um, and so we were driving and <clears throat> she said something um, about there not being, oh, I know, we went past um, Poncha's house and he has a nativity scene there. And she was like, oh, I like that one. She's like, we need one of those in our yard. And I said, we do. I would love to have, like, one of those old antique ones that, you know, people still. Um, <laughs> so I can stake it down hard in the front yard. <laughs> um, but I'm like, you know what? They're really hard to find, Abigail. And they had a blow-up one um, in their yard. But I said, they're really hard to find. I said, because even though Christmas is all about Jesus, he's one of the last things you find in the stores. Is that not true? And so I'm like, I, and I love those, but um, you can't find them. <laughs> and so her and I were reflecting on that, and I was, I was driving, I was thinking, but yet for me, the manger, the stable, is really what Christmas is all about. Like, I hope, you know, like, I'm going to get some gifts, my, I, I think. <laughs> Better put that in Jonathan's ear. <laughs> Um, I'm going to get something, but I can tell you that that, whatever it is, I don't care if I got a new diamond ring or a a new car or whatever, you know, those are really extravagant things, but it's not going to bring to me the fulfillment that I need. The message of Christmas can't be wrapped up under the tree, but it's wrapped up in this word. And that's what fulfillment is. And yet that's one of the last things we see in the season. So this morning I wanted you to have a visual of a manger that can stick with you in your head. And I wanted to give you a message about the journey to the manger because we have a journey ourselves to Jesus. Amen? The manger, it was dirty. It was planned. It was a sign. It was glorious. And oftentimes what changes us is not the perfect moments but the things that are messy and out of our control. It's the things that God reveals as we surrender to his will. So my three points today are simple. They're things for us to remember during the season about the manger. The journey to the manger was number one, unexpected, unfamiliar, and uncertain. From the beginning, none of it was normal for Mary and Joseph. So how often do we set ourselves up with unrealistic expectations and a belief that because we are children of God, it will go our way? Have you ever thought that? I'm a child of God, so I know that this is going to go in my favor. I'm a child of God, so I am exempt from the worst of the worst. I am a child of God, and so everything that I'm desiring or thinking is going to be mine. Well, that didn't work for Mary. Mary was the mother of Jesus, and she was not exempt from the unexpected twist that came into her life. See, here she was a young girl, and how many of you know that she 
you know, back in the day, they had dreams and visions too. Desires, plans. What was she as a young girl planning? She knew that she was betrothed to Joseph. She knew she was going to marry Joseph. And I can guarantee you she had a plan on how that was going to look. And it didn't involve her getting pregnant first. And it didn't involve her being told that this child that you're carrying is the son of God. Do you think she could have even imagined that? No. But yet this is the news that she was told. So now she's having to deal with all this unexpected, unfamiliar, uncertain information. How many times in our life have things popped up and it's unexpected, it's unfamiliar, and it's uncertain, and we're trying to deal with what just happened? This was Mary. And not only Mary, Joseph. He had a plan too. He knew that Mary was his. And now all of a sudden, she comes, or he's told this by the angel and, and, and in a dream, and he has to figure this out. And they were surrounded by such uncertainty. For those of you who, who have heard the Christmas message, you understand that during that time, he could have just had her stoned to death. But he chose not to. So their relationships and their friendships changed. How many of you have ever had to make decisions and your relationships changed afterwards? People didn't understand the choices that you were faced with making. They didn't get it. And now their relationships have changed. I can guarantee you that this whole um, scenario affected their relationship with their parents, their siblings, their community. And they had to navigate through very unfamiliar territory, not knowing what to expect. See, we cannot put God in a box, but we can trust he has a plan. God doesn't fit into your box. You see, we have a structure and we have a plan. I have a plan. I know what I want things to look like as I get older to a degree, right? But I have to understand that it's not about God doing it my way. It's about me doing it God's way. And God had a plan for Mary and Joseph. They were chosen. And God has a plan for you. You have been chosen. And it's not about God doing it your way. It's about you doing it God's way. Amen? The manger was not an accident. Do you trust God? Do you trust his plan in the midst of uncertainties that surround you? The unexpected, unfamiliar, uncertain is all uncomfortable. Can I get an amen? Because how many of you know that none of us like any of these words up here? But the journey to the manger created all of this. And it's all uncomfortable. But this is what I know. What is uncomfortable stretches us. What is uncomfortable stretches us. And it allows us to handle all that God has for us. See, I've had seasons in my life that I did not understand. I've walked through seasons that I did not see the purpose in it. I've walked through seasons where I felt extremely uncomfortable and I was being stretched beyond what I thought I could handle. But when I look back at certain situations in my life, I can see that had I not gone through that, I would not be able to handle the things of the present. 
if I had not gone through the uncomfortable, the unexpected, the unfamiliar, the uncertain, I couldn't have handled what was coming my way. Trust him. Trust him. Trust his goodness. Trust his plan. Because his plan is good. And then when we see in this story, I'm not going to go back and read all these things, but when you, when you see Mary, the angel tells her what? Fear not. When Joseph encounters the dream with the angel, what does the angel tell him? Fear not. The scripture that we just read with the shepherds, what, does it, what did it say? Fear not. They were all told in unexpected moments. Mary had no clue that the angel was going to appear to her with all this good stuff. Joseph had no idea. The shepherds had no idea. In unexpected, unfamiliar, uncomfortable, uncertain moments, he says, fear not. And what do we normally do? Fear. And he had to say this to each and every one of them. And guess what he has to say to you and I? Fear not. Fear not. In the midst of your uncertainty, fear not. In the midst of you being uncomfortable, fear not. Fear not. Why? Because God is with you and God has a plan. Now, we're on the other side of the story because we get to read what happened, right? We get to see from A to B. But how many of you know in the midst of what Mary and Joseph was going through, they couldn't see any purpose in this other than what God allowed them to see and allowed them to know. But he told them, fear not. Trust the plan. Number two, the journey to the manger is miraculous. Somebody say miraculous. Here's the thing. Oftentimes, to see the miraculous, you have to identify what is not normal. Isn't that good? I mean, I wrote that, but I wrote that because that's what God put in my spirit. So I want to say it again. Oftentimes, to see the miraculous, you have to identify what is not normal. Swaddling clothes was normal. Because back in the day, they wrapped the babies. All the babies got wrapped in swaddling clothes. Swaddling clothes is not a Jesus thing. They did it to help keep the bones formed. They believed that that helped keep their structure, okay? Swaddling clothes was not uh, abnormal. It was normal. The manger was not normal. The manger was not normal. That is what the shepherds were to look for. It set Jesus apart. It was the sign they were looking for. And they must have thought, how strange. How strange. In a manger? Why would a baby be in a manger? They didn't think, how strange. Why would a baby be swaddled and wrapped? It was the normal versus the abnormal. The miraculous. And later we see the same thing with the wise men. It would be normal for them to take a gift to a king of royalty. The gifts of royalty. To to take to a king frankincense and myrrh and gold. That would be normal. It was abnormal to take those gifts to a nobody out in the middle of nowhere and present it to them. 
the miraculous. Joseph was given a dream. And in that dream, he was told not to return back. It would be normal to go back, to have a baby, to go through the census process and go back to family, right? We just had a baby. We're bringing it back to the family. That would be normal. But it was not normal for them to not return. But God had a plan of safety for them. You see, the wise men's gift created provision. Not returning home created safety and well-being. They had a miraculous covering over them through the process. Amen? It was not normal. It was miraculous. So don't write the miraculous off as a coincidence. Because how many times God is intervening for you and you just say, oh, that was coincidence. That was just fluke. But he planned this out all along. He knew that this would be a miracle baby, and he had a miraculous plan for this baby. The timing of the pregnancy, guess what? That was God. Because it led them to traveling at the right time with the baby. The census, guess what? That was God at work. Because they needed to be in Bethlehem, the house of bread, to fulfill the prophecy that said out of Bethlehem would come this child. How many of you know that sometimes in the process, in God's plan, we complain? We don't recognize that God is in the midst. And so can you imagine her like, why do we got to go travel? Do you know how far along I am? Do you know how much I'm going to be bouncing up and down on the donkey? <laughs> Are you kidding me? A census now of all times. That's the devil. How many times have we said God's plan was of the devil when it was God? You try to pray that away all you want. Lord, let them change the decree of the census. Let it be next year and not this year. God's looking down saying, I got a plan that you don't understand. No room in the inn. That was God too. Because he knew it would cause them to seek other shelter. How inconvenient. I'm getting ready to give birth. You can't just let me in for five minutes or 32 hours. <laughs> no, sorry, no room here. Do you think they probably just tried one place? Well, there's no room. We'll just, no. If it was me, I'm like, we're trying every door in the city. Because I'm not having my baby in a stable. You ever thought of how that looked? Or was she just like, wherever, whatever? How many of you husbands, that's how your wife is? Whatever, hon, wherever, whatever you want to. Yeah, no. I have a feeling that Mary was a lot like some of us. <laughs> she had a plan, and it was not a stable. But guess what? God was at work. And how many of you ever prayed, Lord, you're so, you know, this is a spiritual prayer. Lord, shut the doors that aren't for me and open the ones that are. And he opens a stable door for you. We're like, let's shut that door and go to a different one. 
but it caused them to seek other shelter. And so where did they find themselves? The manger. The manger for a bed? Yes. God, he was at work in that. His placement signified who he had humbled himself to be. Philippians 2, 6 and 8 through 8. Who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. He was born in a very humble place. He was placed in a manger for a reason. A specific word to the shepherds with a specific outcome. That was God. And the reason why we can say that was God is because in return they spread the news of what they had seen. They were like disciples after that. Man, they, they, God told us to go here. said this baby's going to be in a manger. A manger? Yes. What? A manger? Oh, yeah. And we went and guess where we found the baby? In a manger. In a what? In a manger. Yes. Can you believe it? Truly, he must be the son of God. Because the angels came and they told us this and we found him. And it was exactly like they said, glory to God in the highest. The good news began to spread. God chose the shepherds, the outcasts of the fields, to be the first ones to confirm this good news. The miraculous doesn't have to be an extravagant TV event, people. The miraculous doesn't have to be something in a far-off land. He works in our everyday place. Are you looking for him? Do you see the miraculous? Man, I have seen God do some miraculous things. There are stories to be told, even of how God is working in your lives. I'm thinking of Monica this morning and how God has done some great things, lining up some great things for you. The miraculous. Understand that if you get something, if you get an appointment at a right time, it's the miraculous. It's God working on your behalf. It's not coincidence. It wasn't your good looks. It wasn't the sound of your voice. Amen? Here a few months ago when Koa Co- um, was going through his broken hand. And we, we had went to a doctor that said he needed surgery, right? You know, yep, he needs surgery now. And, and we didn't feel good about it. We felt very uneasy, specifically Jonathan. He's like, all day that day, he's like, I'm just sick. I'm just sick. And I'm like, okay. So I get on the phone, and I try to work my magic. They don't call me back. <laughs> it didn't go through for me. So I'm like, okay. Well, then I'm having a divine conversation. I stayed home that night from church trying to get all this worked out, and I have a good conversation 
um, with Amber Height. And, and, and Jonathan's having a great conversation, I think, with Tom and, I don't know, Gary, who, el who else was involved in that. And we come and I said, hey, I got this plan. He's like, hey, I got this plan. And they both match up. That's the miraculous, right? That is God saying, this is what you need to do. And guess what? I got on the phone. I got into this facility. And you know what? They're like, well, you just, nothing was lining up as far as getting the paperwork. So I said, well, I'm going to go to the school. I'm going to get what I need. I go, I drive to the place. And they said, well, if you could have them here in 30 minutes, but you don't have time to get to Shafter and back to get here. And I said, oh, no, we'll get them here. And Debbie drove him and got them there within 30 minutes. And we got that appointment and he didn't need surgery. Don't underestimate how God is lining things up in your life. That is the miraculous. He's lining things up because you are a child of God. The manger is for you and I. It represents Jesus who came, who is the bread of life, who is life-giving to each and every one of us. Because we've accepted the message and we understand when we are in need, he is the one who fulfills us, who we go to, who we seek. The miraculous. You may not see him in the fine details. And you may not understand how it's all going to come together. But he does. Don't miss what he's doing. The manger was a sign of confirmation for the shepherds. They were considered outcasts, yet they were chosen by God to witness this great event. It was a sign. The manger placed in filth amongst the unclean animals was a sign for us that he came to make that which was unclean, clean. You see all those unclean animals We're made clean in his presence. That's you and I, the unclean, the sinful. He came for us that we could be made clean. The manger Jesus laid in was fulfillment that he is the satisfaction we need. John 6, 3, 5, then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty John 6, 51, I am the living bread that came down from heaven, and whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. When Satan came to tempt Jesus, what's one of the things he tempted him with? Bread. Jesus was wiser than that. When we take communion, what's one of the things that represents his body, the bread. His body which was given for us on Calvary. So this morning we can see that the journey to the manger is uncertain, it's unfamiliar. We can see it's miraculous. And number three, we can see that the journey to the manger is praiseworthy. Yesterday, today and forever he is praiseworthy what he did at the manger for us is still relevant today the birth and fulfillment of his plan was carried out in christ's death 
He was the spotless lamb that was shed for our forgiveness. And this message is still praiseworthy. Don't become hard to the gospel message. Don't take for granted what he did for us all those years ago. See, the shepherds made the news widely known. And it says that the people marveled. They were excited about what God has done. Are you excited about the miraculous things that God has done in your life? Are you excited that though things were uncertain or unfamiliar or or the waters were troubled, that God still had a plan? Is that not something to share about? Man, God, you were good. You had a plan when I didn't see a plan. You were working when I didn't see you working. God, you've done miraculous things, and I honor who you are as the miraculous in my life. And you are praiseworthy because of it all. The shepherds returned. They glorified and praised God. In other words, they, gave, they got back to life as normal. They went back. How many of you know we got to live life as normal around here? you got to get up tomorrow and go to work. Unfortunately. (laughs) Or you're retired and you just drink coffee with Gail. (laughs) Actually, she has a very busy house, I think. (laughs) You go shopping at Costco with Tom is what you do. (laughs) Life goes on as normal, right? The shepherds had to return to, to their field. They couldn't just say, we had an encounter, we had an experience, and now, for the rest of our life, we're just going to party all day. Sounds good, huh? Until you're tired of partying. (laughs) Life goes back to normal for the shepherds. But they returned different. And your uncertainties and all the unfamiliar and all the things that maybe you're going through today personally, I want to remind you God has a plan. I don't know the details. I don't know how it's all going to work out. But I trust him. And I trust that his plan is good. And I do trust that he'll open the right doors and he'll close the wrong doors. I trust that if you're seeking him, he'll do some crazy, wild things. But then we get to recognize it's God. I trust that if you're looking, you'll see the miraculous. Because God is in the little things and he's in the big things. And all of that changes you. Because when you'll admit and you'll recognize that you didn't know the plan, but God did. And when you'll begin to tell of the miraculous things that God is doing in your life. It causes you to go back different. It causes you to rise up glorifying and praising God. A praise on your lips that looks different because now you have a different understanding and you've gone to another level with him that just increases your faith even more. You cannot tell me that Mary, Joseph, the shepherd's faith was not increased by this whole thing. That when Joseph was like, okay, so you're going to send us, I'm not to go back to you. I mean, I hope you guys know, I know we've said this a lot, but maybe you're here and you don't know that the wise men did not show up to the stable. The 
wise men came maybe between Jesus' ages of two and five. So they were told to leave, and here Joseph is. I got a, I got a brand new baby. You, you told me not to go anywhere, but how exactly do you plan on me providing for my family? Oh, I have a plan. I don't know how soon those wise men got there, but I can, I, I can just imagine it was like right on time. Because how many of you know God's just right on time? <laughs> they came with gold and frankincense and myrrh. They came with something of value that represented, and, and that's not today's message, that all those things represent who he was as a child. But it was also very practical that it made provision. God is right on time in your life. And all these things came together that they could glorify and they could praise God and say, thank you, God. You are my provider. Thank you, God. You are my safety. They were kept safe. Those wise men could have pointed them out. Yeah, they didn't return home and we know where they're at, but no, those wise men were told not to tell. They played a beautiful part of the story that they didn't reveal where Mary and Joseph and that baby was. God was working. He was working. And God is working in your life. God is working in your health. God is working in your job. God is working in your relationships. God is working in the seen and the unseen things. He's working. Let us share with others and rejoice that God would be lifted up. He says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. It's not about me lifting up God so you can see what who I am and what he's done for me, but it's about me lifting up God so you can see who he is and what he'll do for you. See, when you glorify and you share with others the testimony of what God has done, it's really not about you, it's really about him. And it's about how big he is, and if he did it for me, he'll do it for you. It's about how God worked in the uncertainty and the unfamiliar. It's about how the miraculous came to play in my life. I may not have seen someone's leg grow out five inches. Do you know there's more miracles than that? I might not have seen the blinded eyes open, but you know there's more miracles than that? Sure. There are some miraculous things that I've seen that I'm like, did I really just see that? Especially on the mission field when I've been in other countries. But I rejoice just as great when someone tells me how God lined the little things up in their life. Because it's that chicken skin moment of, oh, my God is so good. And I love how he works. Jesus is with us. He was not only placed in a wooden manger as a miraculous sign of a Savior that had came. That was the sign for the shepherds. That wooden manger. But he was placed on a wooden cross as the completion of a Savior that died for us. Stables back then were most likely made of stone, not of wood. He was born amongst the stone, stone that the builders rejected stone was rolled away on the third day 
signifying victory for you and I. The journey to that wooden manger brought him here, but the journey to the wooden cross saved my soul. The journey to that cone stole, that stone-cold stable brought him to you and I. But it was when the stone was rolled away that we could become free in Christ, free indeed forevermore, that we could share and glorify and praise the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We can trust him today because he had a plan and his plan all along has been good for you and I. We can believe today in the miraculous because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still doing miracles. And today we can praise and glorify and share the goodness of God with the lost and confused and, 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 and deceived world. As I was studying some things for my own self I was, I was reading and I thought, you know, I, you know, how many of you know you can Google things? And I just encourage you to know who you're reading from. And, and, and I read this little excerpt, you know, it's like, well, you know, most likely the baby really wasn't born in a manger. It's just like giving us this thought process. Like, no, no, no. God's word is truth. And I believe his word. He wasn't painting a picture for us to just see the stable, but he was telling us facts of what happened. And when you see how it all lines up, you understand why it happened in a manger. See, the good news is the good news. We are not about scaring you to heaven around here. about revealing to you the good news of the gospel, his unconditional love, and his desire to be in fellowship with you. His plan was to redeem the world through sending his son. And we mess up and we fail, but his message does not. And today you have an opportunity to embrace the season, to embrace the message of the manger, to trust God in the unknown and to find fulfillment in the bread of life, to rejoice in his goodness because the journey to the manger is for you and I. And yes, there is a flip side to that story. If you don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, when you leave this world, you don't have an eternal home in heaven next to him. You have an eternal damnation in hell. But that can't be the reason for your choice. Well, I believe because I don't want to go to hell. I believe because I'm so thankful that a Savior came for you and I. That we could be forgiven. We could have life everlasting. It's a beautiful message. And I like what Roy is shirt. I was reading that this morning. True story. This is a true story. And every bit of this story is amazing. And you and I can embrace it this season and we can walk away knowing that God is good. Amen. Stand to your feet. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. He is good.
there's just a sweet presence of the Lord here today. And if you're here this morning and you have never quite embraced the gospel, you've not embraced the fact that Jesus came to walk this earth, it says he walked this earth sinless. We can't even fathom that. <laughs> And then he died. He died. He gave his life for us on that cross that we could have life everlasting if we choose to believe in him. And this morning, if you've not made that decision to choose to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, would you just slip your hand up across the building just signifying, you know what, today I would like to do that. If you're here and you would like to receive the Lord as your Savior. So if you're here this morning and you've already received the Lord, and you already know the goodness of the gospel message, I challenge you this morning to share your faith. Because there's someone in your life that needs to hear your story. There's someone that's surrounding you that needs to hear how God has worked in your life, what he's done for you, what he means to you. Have you ever tried something out because someone made it sound so good? Like they ate a certain dish at a restaurant and they were like, it was so amazing. You wouldn't believe the butter was drizzled just right. I know y'all are hungry. The butter was drizzled just right. And man, it's just so savory. And they made it sound so good. And then you ordered it because they said it was good. You know what? You are a representation of who Christ is. How do you make him sound? Yeah, I go to church when I have to, when my wife gets me up. Yeah, I try to make it at least once a month to call it good. I have a daily scripture that I, I try to check out on my social site. Do you make serving God sound amazing? Because I don't know about you, I wouldn't want to not serve God. I don't know how people make it without him. Maybe your story is simply, you know what? I can only do, I can only wear this smile because of the goodness of God. Because he fills my heart with joy. Have you ever had somebody say, why, why are you always smiling? It's really as simple as this, Jesus. <laughs> they might think you're crazy. That's all right. Because when they get desperate enough, they're going to come to crazy. They're going to say, give me some of what you got. I tried everything else. And yours doesn't seem to go away, so I need that. How are you representing him? Because I want to challenge you this morning that when you leave this place, share the good news. Share what he has done. Share who he is. Share how he loves you. Share how he loves them. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just pray blessings over each and every individual in this place this morning. God, I thank you that we know you as our Lord and Savior. And I thank you, Father, that if I miss someone this morning that hasn't, or if there's someone at home watching and they've not given their life to Jesus, that it's just so simple to say, Lord, I surrender. I surrender my life to you. I believe in God the Father as the creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, the Son who came, who lived and died for the forgiveness of my sins. And I receive that message for me personally. And I thank you, God, that I have new life, that I am forgiven, and I have an eternity that is set before me with you. 
Father, I thank you, Lord, that we each and everyone in this place has a story that we can tell of your goodness. I thank you, Lord, that you are with those that are in transition. You are with those that are in hard places, that, God, you have a plan. And let them be reminded today you're working it out. I thank you, Father, for the plan. I thank you, Father, that you are working. You are a good God. And, Father, I thank you this morning for the miraculous. And I ask that we would see more of the miraculous, that we can share what you have done and how you've worked things out for us. That you would be lifted up through what we testify. And God, I thank you this morning, last but not least, that we can praise you and we can share the good news. So Lord, help us walk in boldness. Help us to be courageous. Help us to open our mouths and say the things that you place in us to say. Help us, Lord, to be good witnesses of who you are. And I thank you and I praise you for it in Jesus' name. And I ask for blessings. May your face shine upon these people, Lord. May they walk in peace. May they walk in joy. And may during this season, Lord, they truly remember that it is the journey to the manger that changed us forever. And I thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Somebody say amen. Give them some praise. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope God spoke to you personally through this message and continues to encourage you throughout the coming weeks.